All right. Here we go. Quiet. Quiet. And the Oscar goes to... You like me right now. You like me. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Fascinating to think that, that probably the only laugh that man will ever get in his life is by stripping off and showing his shortcomings. And the Oscar goes to... Jack Palance. It's a clean sweep. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King... Hello and welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we take a look at the latest movie news, the films of today and yesterday, and put them all into some sort of context. Seated across the microphone from me is film buff online, extraordinaire, editor-in-chief, Richard Drees. And seated across the microphone from me is film buff online, contributing editor and fashion plate, Natasha Bogutsky. Ah, and the Oscar goes to me for best opening. <laughs> <laughs> and most modest podcast ever. <laughs> Anyways. Well, you don't get anywhere in this so, world by being modest, that's honey. Tr- that's true. So, it is the most wonderful time, <laughs> time of, of the year. year. <laughs> At least Again. at Film Buff Online it is. Yes. Yes. Uh, Oscar nominations were announced uh, just a few short hours ago this morning. And we're kind of uh, still kind of processing them, but off the top of our heads, basically, this show is going to be our reactions to some of those nominations. Whoosh. Um, Let me just say, Rich, that apart from like animated and doc, which is usually areas where I'm, I, I do need to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was doing really bad with catching up on movies for 2022 for this year's awards. And then I looked at the Best Picture nominations, as well as everything mainly in the top mm-hmm. categories, and I went, well, let's see. I have to finish watching The Fablemans, and I have to see All Quiet on the Western Front. And then I'm good. I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm not doing as bad as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> so so then, with all of that knowledge at hand, let's just dive in, shall we? With um, Let's take a look at the uh, the best actor in a supporting role uh, uh, race first. Um, I'll read off the nominees real quick. Brendan Gleeson for Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, which is that film's only uh, nomination. Uh, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans. Barry Keegan for Banshees of Inishirin. And my favorite here, uh, Ki Hui Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, I'll say it if you do in three, two, one... Key. Key. Yes. <laughs> That's the winner. That's the winner. That's the sentimental favorite, at least. Sentimental favorite. He is the best. Out of all of those performances. Um Brendan Gleason, I would probably put his number two. Okay. Um, I liked Barry. I don't think Barry has a shot in hell. Uh Brian Tyree Henry, and I have not s- heard really anything about that performance it just kind of came out of nowhere for i me. liked it i liked it a lot okay. i liked causeway a lot um but i was kind of surprised that it didn't get any kind of an awards push um i saw it back in october at the mm-hmm. philadelphia film festival 
and was like, you know, this is a nice little film. And it just wasn't even a blip on anybody's radar, yeah. which surprised me. Judd Hirsch, um, honest, I haven't finished Fableman, so I have nothing to say in that area. <laughs> He's good. He's really good. I mean, it's so weird because when I think of Judd Hirsch, I think of sitcom actor from the late 80s, early 90s, Judd Hirsch. And, you know, he's turning in, you know, a performance like he does here. It's really good. It's nice. It's warm. It's not particularly showy. But when I, I, kind when of I like think that of him, that. I think of, don't hate me on this, Independence Day. Okay, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a variation on that, to be yeah. honest. Um, you know, the old Jewish father, grandfather mm-hmm. type. And, I mean, he's fine. He's good. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 if I were a voting member of the Academy, I would be checking another box. Yeah. Um, and, and Key was just too good to be ignored. Yeah, and he's playing, you know, three, four different versions of the same character. And I think that kind of versatility shows he through. He bounces in this around. There's, there's a scene in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once where she goes, I saw my, my life without you. And I wish you could have seen it. It was so beautiful. And he looks like he is about to lose it, turns around and turns back. And you could tell in his eyes, he's someone else completely. Mm-hmm. He's like, we got to keep moving. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and honest, I pay attention to the eyes. That's where you can really see a character shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he just delivered in spades. And I really hope at some point before um the oscars i do have a chance to go back and rewatch that movie just just for fun first of all but also just to mm-hmm. kind of uh keep watching what he's doing there well um, i watched it the other day and um that speech that he delivers between the two worlds about kindness and how that is his way of surviving it's his way of coping and fighting with the world around him it breaks my heart it doesn't matter which variation he's playing both sides mm-hmm. of that speech i lose it you know what? Honestly, I know originally that role was written for Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan. I don't think Jackie could have played it. No. He could have played the fight no, 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 stuff, no, 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 obviously no, no. great. No, Jackie wasn't but, the... Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. He was Michelle supposed to be Yo. the lead. And then they switched it all up. But yeah, I, I don't see anybody else really being able to pull that off no. the way he does here. Now, Best Supporting Actress. We've got Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Hong Chow for The Whale. Carrie Condon for Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hugh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. All right. Three, two, one, go. Um, Angela Bassett. Yep. Yeah. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Uh, it's not even a case where you're looking at it and thinking, well, you know, Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to split, you know, votes between it. You know, for two different performances, things like that. I think Angela Bassett does a great job uh, in this movie. It's the first time any actor has been nominated for a Marvel movie out of, what, almost 30 films now? Yeah. That's, you know, pretty impressive. She's really kind of as a focal point for the audience who are, you know, still trying to process their grief over the death of the actor Chadwick Boseman, Honest, let alone the character of T'Challa. The hell with a focal point. That's, she is, I think, I think she's the center of the film. Well, yeah. 
and th- and that's why you need that you know that performance where it is. Yeah, and she delivers it mm-hmm. in spades. I am so happy to see Carrie Condon. I've been watching her perf- her perform since she was on uh, the HBO short lived series Rome from like the early two thousand. So I've been following her work for a while. And uh, I'm really happy to see her getting some recognition for Banshees of Inishir, and I thought she was fantastic. But when I was in the break room at work getting ready (laughs) to start my day, and I saw Stephanie Q um, nominated, I started jumping down and screaming like a maniac. That probably got the (laughs) loudest reaction from me all morning. And it's because um, it it depends on the awards, Mm -hmm. but I've seen some love for her performance over this award season and some just kind of disregard her all together in favor of Jamie Lee Curtis because Jamie's the bigger name. Um, to With all due respect, and I do love Jamie, I would pick Stephanie before Jamie. I think I think Stephanie delivers a, a more stronger position for that role. Yeah, and, and again, it's... She's playing different aspects of mm-hmm. one character, and that just requires a little bit more versatility. Yeah, and, and I really, um, I've been watching her over the last season or season and a half of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and uh, there was just something about her even on that show, and she's just playing like a small supporting role. I'm like, I got to pay attention to her. And I know that role was originally supposed to be Aquafina. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't think Aquafina could have done it. You're right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I, I don't want to keep going. No, this but is like it's this, true. I, I don't want to keep going back to this. Was supposed to be played by so and so, and they would have sucked. You know, it's not or, sucked. Not, it's but, it's yeah, a different you know, you know style. What I'm saying. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just you know it would exaggerating for comedic effect, which apparently has failed. I think <laughs> it would have been more comedy and action based. And would have lost some of the emotional beats of the film. And I loved Aquafina in um, The Farewell. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The Farewell. Yeah. I, I can't so, go back and watch that now for, for reasons. <laughs> but um, uh, but let's move on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have um, Best Actress in a Leading Role. Uh, fuck. We've got Kate Blanchett in Tar, Anna de Armas in Blonde, Andrea Riseborough in To Leslie. Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Where's your vote going? My vote is going to something that hasn't happened in a very long time in Oscar history. I would tie it. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) You did not see that coming, did you? No, I did not. I would tie it between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that, I, that's where I'm, I'm that's how I'm looking at and it narrows down I like, honest Ugh. to God cannot look at either of those performances and go one is better than the other I don't think all the other ones Andrea Riseborough I didn't see Anna um, de Amras. not a lot of people did apparently this one came out of nowhere it was mm-hmm. just like only like about a week or two ago like on like Twitter and some of the other social media outlets was there suddenly like this rise of like, hey, what about Andrew? And everybody was like, where is this coming from? Because the studio that released to Leslie had no Oscar push for it whatsoever. Mm. Everybody's like, 
where did this come from? So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And if they decide, well, we've got the nomination, we better go out there and start campaigning now and see how that plays. Yeah. Anna de Armas, I think, delivers a strong performance but in a crap movie. Yeah, a very divisive movie at best. Uh, it's Some up for how like many it, Razzies at this but, point? <laughs> fuck the Razzies. They're assholes. <laughs> it, 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 you don't shit on people like that. I, I just, I really have grown to not like the Razzies. And especially oh, this- Oh, I don't like them either. Especially but... this year, they nominated um the 12-year-old actress from the Firestarter remake. And that hurts. That's that's just mean. That's, too, that's just that's shitty. That's a kid. Come on. Yeah, exactly. So fuck them. Um, uh, Michelle Williams, I'm glad they dropped her into actress category that freed up a space for Stephanie in supporting in supporting. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think she she doesn't have a chance in hell because her role technically is supporting. It is a supporting role. Yeah. But Uh, I'm glad they did. I'm glad they dropped her into actress because supporting, like I said, it freed it up. There's a moment in Fablemans when she kind of goes into the closet to watch that one movie and it's a real slow push in on her as and we see her uh, expressions change on her face we see her processing a lot of things and it's all silent it's maybe a minute minute and a half long and it's it is a fantastic moment that and that's i remember sitting at the screen and going that's either going to be an oscar clip or this is the reason why she's getting nominated for something and yeah I don't know if she'll win, but this is a nomination moment mm-hmm. right there. It was fantastic work. Um, um, I'd love to see Michelle Yeoh win. Um, I, 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 me too. Uh, just because, you know, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett's had... It, it's time to give Michelle Yeoh her due. Yes. <laughs> she, um, she's 60 and she's been in the in this business for over, oh, what, 40? Just about 40 oh, years. She yeah. started off as a dancer and a model and then kind of got picked to do some like action films in by, the 80s yeah in the uh yeah by like uh, uh police story three super cop jackie chan mm-hmm. she jumps a motorcycle onto a moving train that was insane i've seen that stunt. oh my god she, they were like okay we'll practice okay this is how you get on a motorcycle this is how you're gonna have to dump it and go you know she <laughs> that's pretty much what that was um this morning actually um after the nominations were announced I popped in um, another one of her wuxia films, uh, Wing Chun, and you know, just watched about the first 15, 20 minutes, and there's a very funny scene where she almost like puppeteers this other guy to fight <laughs> off a bad guy, and she's just kind of standing <laughs> behind him with a stick, moving his body and slapping him so he moves out of the way and stuff. It's hilarious. It's funny. And, I was, and, and she's just like... Oh, you fought him off. Thank you. (laughs) It's so cute and wonderful. And I was just like, we should be rewarding this woman for this work. She's just wonderful. I give Michelle Yeoh so much credit in my love of film Mm -hmm. because my first ever uh, foreign film was Crouching Tiger, Ah, Hidden Dragon. I was four years old in the (laughs) cinema. And her, she just... I can't even imagine what that is. Oh my god, it was amazing! Yeah. It was amazing for it, once I got past the "Why am I reading this movie? Why can't I hear it?" I mm. was blown away mm-hmm. by this movie. I think that's a that's a movie that you know, if you're a young kid, you can watch a lot of it and just enjoy the action and stuff like that. Yeah, and then as you get older, you start to really appreciate the emotional beats and the symbolism mm-hmm. and everything. 
I watch it now and I'm like in stitches. I'm like in fucking tears through it. <laughs> I love that movie mm-hmm. so much. Um, I know one of the things that I've been meaning to do for the last couple of years, and I might start doing it this year because I now have a bunch of the, these films mm-hmm. ripped onto my uh, onto my Plex server from the physical media that I own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been meaning to go back and do like a lot of classic 80s, early 90s <laughs> Hong Kong action films. And she's in a bunch of those that I have. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like. So what you're saying is, ladies and gentlemen, expect career. a feature piece in the near future. Well, maybe, <laughs> um, maybe uh, on the podcast we do a retro review of one of those films uh, before the Oscars. You'll have to come over. We'll sit down and we'll watch. I don't know, maybe Police uh, Police Story Three, Super Cop with her in it or something. Supercop, the cop that can't be stopped. <laughs> Did I get that right? I think that's what it, I think that's what Miramax gave it as a, as a terrible tagline. <laughs> it was but, in um, a Hot Fuzz, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, moving on. But I would definitely say, please, Academy, please, voters, tie these two lovely actresses because they <laughs> give the performance of their lifetime. Mm-hmm of their careers in two different ways of acting. Okay, moving on, though. Uh, best actor in a leading role, we have Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nighy for Living. Three, two, one... Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Yes. Um, again, uh, <laughs> sentimental. I know mean, some people have problems with the movie. They think it's fat shaming. Um, they think it's ableist in some way. I'm not sure I agree with them. I disagree I completely. Very much, you know. I understand. Try but to I... be cognizant of such things. I, I'm not sure I agree either that it's, you know, that it is what it is. I think it's real. I think it's gritty. And people who don't like gritty or real either shut their brain off to it or they find something Mm -hmm. to bitch about yeah um Uh, because it it cuts too close to home for them and they can't handle it and i speak from experience ladies and gentlemen mm. and variations thereupon um so i think it's safe i think it's nice to say that every single person that is nominated in the actor category is a first-time nominee. Yes, yes, that's exciting. Yes, um, it very much is. I f- I freaked out when I saw Bill Nye. I was actually sitting I there. I know you're a fan. Yes, I am <laughs> a huge fan of him. Um, again, there's just so many actors in this year who are getting their due for the first time, who have been in the business forever, and are finally being recognized. Brendan Gleeson is one, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Ki Kwon, uh, Bill Nye. Like, these aren't new actors. These people have been around for, th- you know, 30, 40 years, and they have put in their due. They've put in so much hard work, and they have nothing to show for it. And now well, they have a great body of work. They have a great body of work. But, you know, but, you can't put yeah. a great body of work on your mantelpiece. Exactly. <laughs> but you can't put an Oscar there. Exactly. Or or at least that framed little certificate <laughs> they say, you were nominated. Yes. And and now it's like, okay, everyone this year almost is someone mm-hmm. who has worked for so long and is finally getting mm-hmm. that that recognition. And it makes me very, very happy. 
Um, Paul Meskel. Very interesting choice. I didn't. I liked his performance in After Sun, but overall, as a film, I didn't like it all that much. Um, it it just seemed kind of meandery to me. I which... didn't see it, um, but I've been keeping an eye on uh, Paul Meskel for a little while since I believe he was in Normal People with Daisy Edgar Jones. Um, he was just announced a week ago to play the role of Lucius Verus in the second Gladiator. The oh, lead. yeah, okay. And I was like, no Spencer Treat Clark? Okay, but this is a good <laughs> choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it'll be fun to see how that uh, goes out. If it's not Brendan Fraser, who do you think is the close second? I'm gonna say Colin Farrell. Really? Yeah. I see it being Austin. Um... That's that's a choice. <laughs> it is a choice, um, but it is a sentimental vote given mm-hmm. recent events. And um, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. But I didn't think about that. But yeah, you're right. That that could affect how people vote. But it's also even taking Lisa Marie's unfortunate um, passing out of consideration he's been picking up awards left and right during the uh during the awards trail any drama category where brendan has not won austin has picked up okay and colin is fantastic Mm -hmm. i think this is might be my favorite performance he's ever given um we know the oscars tends to go more drama than comedy yes that's true too um okay uh, continuing up the list, best directing, we've got Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inisherin, The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness. Five, four, three, two, one. The, the Daniels. Daniels. <laughs> yeah, this movie is it. It's in. I don't want to say it's complex because they make it seem so understandable, but in the hands of a lesser director who might not have had a complete grip on the material, it could have gotten sloppy and confusing very fast. And I think for everything they do, they have right tones for each section and they all kind of meld together though. They don't feel jarring. Like you don't jump from one to another. And I think, they just do a fantastic job here. Um, you know, Spielberg is mythologizing himself. Um, yeah, it's the same it's, as it's Kenneth Branagh did last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, from what I've seen so far of the Fablemans, <laughs> I, I, I like Spielberg. I'm going to go Belfast every time. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, Last but certainly not least is Best Picture. We've got, as our nominees, we've got 10 nominees again this year. We've got All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking, which I really liked. Um, that would be, Women Talking would be, when I narrowed down my val- ballot, that would be probably one of my top three choices alongside everything everywhere all at once and oddly enough 
Avatar The Way of Water. I want it to be E-E-A-A-O, but I have a feeling it's going to be the Fablemans because he's not going to win in any other category. Wow. Okay. That's And that has also been a thing that I've been noticing on the awards trip is if it hasn't gone to everything everywhere all at once, it has been landing at Spielberg's feet. Eh. Um, Fablemans is fine. Um, I think I yeah. You know, the reason I'm leaning towards every everything everywhere and Avatar is they're they're phenomenally crafted films, and they're both entertaining as all hell. And I mean, well, one one, and we know which one kind of illuminates uh, the human condition and examines it a little bit more than say the other. Which is probably why I would lean more towards everything everywhere instead of Avatar. But in terms of making people talk about movies, people talked about everything everywhere this year. Mm-hmm. Avatar just crossed two billion, and this should not be a popularity contest, but it's got people coming back to the movies like nobody's business. Yeah, but last year, I mean, what did we get? There was some there was some big ones up there in that grouping and who won? Coda. That's true. And a few years ago, you want to talk about popularity contests. Everyone, everyone. La La Land. <laughs> the biggest one of the biggest flubs in Oscar history That's was true. opening up that up, calling La La Land and then going, "Wait, no, the envelope says Moonlight." Mm-hmm. Um, no one saw that one coming. True. No one also saw that a movie like Nope was going to get shut out of the awards entirely this year. Yeah, that's, that, that's going to get picked on once we actually get to that stage. Someone's going to say something yeah, in a joke. That's that's amazing to me because I thought, you know, like production design, you know, my God, the alien was such an amazing design. I and, think, which is funny because I saw it meme just this afternoon when someone said, <laughs> uh, "You want to feel old? This is what the plastic bag from American Beauty looks like now." <laughs> <laughs> I was um, like, "Oh You know, it, it's a fantastic performance from Kiki Palmer. Um, I, you know, and I, I've I mentioned disagree. that before here. I disagree. I did not uh, think that that was that good of a performance. Uh, it was something new from her. We're, we're used to seeing her again in comedy and, and all that. So seeing her do a dramatic role like that is a complete shift from our own mental state. Mm-hmm. But in terms of performance, um, I didn't think it was good enough to really shortlist it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder too if maybe per- shortlist, and that was about it. <laughs> uh, if perhaps the um, the film is basically a criticism of Hollywood on a certain level, and basically Hollywood chews you up and spits you out, literally, um, in this. And for that, I have to wonder. You know, did did enough Academy voters? recognize that theme in the movie and say well you know if you don't like hollywood then you don't get an oscar well every now and then there is a movie that criticizes some sort of branch of something um you want to talk about being chewed up and spit out neon demon which should have gone up several years ago for at least cinematography oh my god yeah got completely shut out Mm -hmm. 
And that is a movie about how the modeling industry uh, plays on narcissism and chews you up and spits you out when it's done with you. True. True. So, yeah, they don't really seem to like movies that criticize too much. <laughs> but, um, no, I wish I could give it to everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, honest, I would even go as far as saying Banshees. I really loved Banshees. I've watched it three times since it hit HBO Max. Wow. And it is, it is warm. It is... It's a metaphor for the civil war that's going on mm-hmm. on the mainland. Um, it has a little bit of grumpy old men vibe to it. If grumpy <laughs> old men really went beyond the joking part to. But it is it feels very real. It feels like something that a lot of us can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um. Honest, the biggest shock for me was what the fuck is Top Gun Maverick doing in this? Uh, it's a popu- it it's a well made movie. It's well done, and again, I think it's you know a bit of a nod towards populism. Um, it was one of the biggest movies of this year, so let's give it awards. Honest, I agree with cinematography. I agree with song i agree with visual effects like there there are several categories in which top gun would have been uh a definite for me to go in um i'm sorry though no not to picture okay it's i don't think it's strong enough in picture just because the third act rips off star wars and i'm not the first person to point that out but Uh, believe me i noticed Mm -hmm. but uh, well come on everyone makes the joke about avatar is just dancing with wolves meets smurfs yeah (laughs) or as i call it great value smurfs Ooh, damn (laughs) Uh, okay but Um, avatar was fantastic it was so good that you can't you can't say this doesn't belong here. And, and Avatar is walking off with the visual effects award. There, there's no reason for anybody else to show up. Fucking easily. I mean, I think all the other work in this category was great, but there's, you know, this is next level. Um, All Quiet in the Western Front I still need to catch up with. And to be honest, on, I have uh, heard... Netflix, I believe. It is. Yes. I have heard so many good things about it Um, ever since it dropped. Like, people that I have worked with and... You know, friends of mine who have sat down and watched it are like, you really need to see this. And I'm like, I know I need to see it. I just haven't caught up to it yet. But I think I should. Yeah. um, I'll probably do that this weekend. Uh, A couple of other things that surprised me about the nominations. Um, First of all, no best original score for Tar. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) In a movie that is about conducting and about composing mm-hmm. and, and unless uh, all the music we heard was um pre-existing and honestly i haven't l- gone back and looked yet i didn't have a chance today but i was like huh that's weird um also in best original song um we have uh diane warren uh with applause from tell it like a woman it's her 17th nomination no win mm-hmm. she got an honorary lifetime achievement oscar last year but this is, you know, and when we know that's going to not to not to, yeah, yeah, and that's another thing. I was really expecting a little bit more for RRR, like maybe, ed- like maybe an editing nod, maybe best picture, because um, I think again that's a, you know popular populist entertainment that had a lot of people talking. I think the phenomenon of this 
movie coming kind of out of nowhere for most people. Most audiences were like, oh, this is crazy. You know, and people were suddenly going out to see it and it built like an incredible word of mouth and had like an incredible momentum across the year. Uh, unlike, you know, many other films that we saw. Um, that Really quickly. Yes. Is, is that who I think it is? For um for this is a uh, for oh my god I'm losing it right now for shit where to go uh for this is a life everything from everything everywhere all at once yeah, yeah. You, David Byrne that is yeah <laughs> from Talking Heads yes holy shit <laughs> <laughs> um I'm trying to remember this is not he won a Golden Globe for some of the music for the Last Emperor and I think he was nominated. Uh, in the best original score category for uh, The Last Emperor back in, like, 90 or whatever that was. So this is not his first time, actually. And I don't know. I mean, and and as a lifelong Talking Heads fan, I'm kind of like, okay, this is my boy. This is what I want here. For this movie, it feels perfect. (laughs) It is a match made in heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I think if Natu Natu doesn't get it, it's going to Lady Gaga. Oh, God, yeah. Because that song played three times an hour for the last eight months <laughs> and i can say it because i listen to that radio eight hours a day at five day days job. a week at the day job and <sighs> you really like it don't you it's burned it's <laughs> seared like i just got fucking branded by a b-52 wow Anywho, not not the good B fifty twos either. Ooh, <laughs> love that. Um, <laughs> and finally, um, my biggest kind of shock or complaint or surprise with the nominations: no women directors. I mean, Sarah oh, Pauly. We're gonna hear about that again. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sarah Pauly for you know, women talking is nominated in the best picture category. Okay. Um, so I thought maybe she would have a chance to get in there. I really and I really thought she did a fantastic job with that movie. Um, and also Charlotte Wells directed After Sun, so you know she directed somebody to an Academy Award nomination. Yeah, but uh, you said the movie was kind of subpar anyway. I, I didn't like it, but I think I'm kind of in the minority on on the critics at least. And um, she also is nominated for. Um, a Directors Guild Award for um, Best First Feature, which, again, you know, that's all the directors doing that. And they the directors are also the ones who choose the, nominate, the nominees for directing for the Academy Award. So usually there's some overlap there. Well, I will say I can't really think of many films this year that were done by women. I, I feel like I'm blanking, and I know I'm going to get screamed at by our, our <laughs> listeners, but um, mm-hmm. there, there, just there off the top of my head. There have been a few, but um, it has not been a great breakout year, unfortunately. No. Um, it's been a great breakout year for actors, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say so much for directors. Yeah. Um, especially after we've that's had- That's because they're missing me. Ah, of course. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, especially after what- um, Last year or two years ago, uh, Nomadland. Um, yeah, um, and I, I, honest, I liked Nomadland, but I didn't really think it was that strong. Mm-hmm. Honest, the last couple of years, I felt like the with between Nomadland and Coda, 
um, not because they're made f- they were made by streaming services and therefore locked out uh, only onto those streaming services. But um, I just didn't think they were all that strong a movie. I honest, honestly, I thought they were slightly forgettable. Um, and that's just my personal opinion. And I, I do apologize to our listeners. Um, but it's I have not heard many people talk about those movies since the awards. And maybe it was because it was streaming, because we were in the pandemic, it was easier to choose a a movie that people have watched sitting at home or um, would be able to watch sitting at home (laughs) to kind of highlight them and get them more uh, focused. But um, honest, I had to research who won last year. And that's not a good sign. Yeah, I can I can see that. Which is funny because this year is is full of blockbusters. When you when you look at the awards, it's mm-hmm. a complete shift from streaming to blockbuster movies in major categories. Yes, uh, which I thought was rather interesting. Mm-hmm. The Batman well, I, was. I, I think that's also because studios were holding back some of their blockbusters. Uh, Paramount sat on Top Gun for like a year mm-hmm. because of COVID because Tom Cruise had the power and the juice to say, no, this is a theatrical movie. You're not throwing it on Paramount+. Plus. And they were all like, let's throw it on Paramount+. Plus. And Tom Cruise was right. And that uh, movie made how much? And <laughs> well, look at the awards yeah. it's nominated yeah, for, like exactly. six at this point. Um, um, the Batman was kind of, wasn't that another one that kind of got pushed back a bit? Yeah, well, it was, uh, the production was impacted by COVID. Yeah. So they had to push it back. And then like, you know, and then they had to pause a couple of times because of minor COVID outbreaks mm. on set, if I'm recalling this correctly. And that movie was released in March, and it was enough traction to lead up to this mm-hmm. year's awards, which yeah. is, you so know, for over almost effects, a year. Um, I want to say sound and... Makeup. And makeup. Yeah, hair and makeup. Uh, because of, again, turning our boy Colin Farrell <laughs> into the Penguin. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, is insane to Which me. is another great performance from him. Yeah. He mm-hmm. he turned out two very strong, very different performances it's, in the same year. It's been a good year for him. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. Long way since uh, Bullseye and Alexander. <laughs> True. Um, anything else that's... Uh, that you that kind of jumped out at you in terms of I may positives have, or negatives? I may have jumped up and down for you in terms of Marcel, the shell, what she was on. Oh, yeah. Because we were just talking about that this morning, pre-nominations. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it was nominated, and mm-hmm. I, I, I jumped up and down for, yeah. just for well, you. <laughs> I, I, fi- I figured it was going to be nominated. My big question there is, does the Academy um, recognize... That I mean, obviously, it met the qualifications for the animated feature category. Uh, but does the average academy member kind of realize, you know, how this is done as animation, not necessarily like just uh, computer visuals, but as stop motion? And it should be interesting to see how they campaign and how they go about trying to uh educate the voters on that yeah i i I was a little shocked uh with one thing production uh, production design nothing for wakanda that yeah that kind of surprised me too yeah i mean the the five that were picked um all quiet on the western front avatar babylon elvis and the fablemans absolutely deserved to be in there but i was actually a little shocked about wakanda 
Um, there was something else here I wanted to mention. Um, Glass Onion. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I was happy about that in the Best Adapted Screenplay category. Ryan Johnson got uh, the film's only nomination for um, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Can we talk about, just for a second, and I know that you've probably done some research on this over the last... Uh, few hours since the nominations mm-hmm. um can we explain to our viewers why it was announced in adapted instead of original uh because it is a sequel pretty much the you know characters existed beforehand and even though it's an original story uh, the actual name of the category is best screenplay from um uh adapting previously uh published material so if avatar had been nominated it would have landed in adapted and not an original correct and there's your little you know thing for the day (laughs) ladies and gentlemen and variations (laughs) i really i really love that when i saw that today i was like that's interesting and then i heard people talking about i'm like okay that makes complete sense but yet in the populace most people don't see sequels. Um, Glass Onion is not considered a sequel to those outside of the industry. It is actually mm-hmm. considered to be a spinoff. I don't know. It, it, I just see it as a, a new installment in an episodic franchise. But it only has one connecting character. Which which is fine. I mean, the like Hercule Poirot movies are the same way i agree any sherlock holmes movie is just sherlock holmes and watson every single time um sorry inspector lestrade fans uh (laughs) he gets short shrift um but none of them have ever landed at the oscars that's true um (laughs) you're like wait hang on so i think one of the recent didn't um the recent murder on the orient express have a couple of nominations it may have, but that was the first one. Yeah. So, but that... not the sequel one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get that granular on it. Okay. Well, well, when you well, when you're discussing that and how uh, you know a sequel is landing in adapted instead of mm-hmm. original material, well, then yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, I think that's that's all all that's my all my initial reactions. True. Yeah. So. Um, we'll probably be talking about this again before, um, the big night and mm-hmm. that big night, of course, being Sunday, March 12th for the 95th <sighs> annual Academy Awards. Hey, Rich. Yeah? We're both going to see 100. <sighs> my goodness. <laughs> I, I know. I, I just, I just ran that through my head and I was like, oh my God. I you know there are already people writing the Centennial of Oscars books right out there. Because, I mean, I've been working on mine. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I've been watching since 2000. So I've been watching for 23 years. I've been watching a little bit longer. I think my first Oscar heartbreak was um, in 1977. When Annie Hall beat Star Wars, and I, eight, that, eight-year-old film buff Rich was not happy. Are you kidding me? That scarred an entire generation. <laughs> but true. I will say this: looking back, no, I would not have chosen. 
Star Wars for Best Picture. Just like I would not have chosen Avatar for Best Picture in 2009. What would you have chosen instead? Or you can't even, th- I can't even think of what else was nominated. But. Bes- besides her locker, which one? Yeah. Um, no, I'd have to go back and look. But there, and this is why I don't think everything everywhere all at once is going to win. I think it's going to get really freaking close and I really hope it does win. Personally, I hope it wins. Mm-hmm. But um, the reason why it probably won't is usually the movies that signify a culture shift through generations are not the ones that walk away with the awards but they are the ones that change film forever Mm -hmm. so just means that the ones that the the culture shift doesn't need the award because it will be everlasting that's true and um Whoever that happens to be, though, we'll find out in about six weeks. Um, But I think that about wraps it up for us right now, though. (laughs) Remember, you can find us online at bigpicturepod.com, and we are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So either use the link in the show notes post or head directly there. Search and hit subscribe, please. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave a positive review because that helps us connect with new listeners. We'll be back next time with more news, reviews, and thoughts about movies. And that's all right here on the Big Picture Podcast. Hooray for Hollywood. That's gooey, bally, hooly, Hollywood. Where any office boy or young mechanic can be a panic with just a good-looking pan.